sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Am I the only one who thinks this is totally insane? Rob, we're fighting theological injustice here. They're not using just weights and measures. He said we have 50 listeners. I think he's being generous. Read your Bible is interpreted by experts. Rob, are you as shocked as I am? It's nonsense. If you've given any money to this, you need to complain. You ask for your money back. I don't know about you, but I find this annoying. What up and shalom. Welcome to the Robin Caleb Show, uh, the show where theology matters, scholarship counts, and of course, theology matters. My name is Caleb Hegg. With me today, as usual, my partner in crime, Rob Vanhoff. What up, Rob? How's it going, brother? It's going well. It's going well. Yeah, for everybody, for, for everybody who's on uh, YouTube, sorry that, uh, that Rob's audio is not synced with his video. We're going to try to fix that sometime in the next week or two. All right. What up and shalom to everybody out there. We're getting ready for the ETS and SBL meetings. That is the Evangelical Theological Society and the Society of Biblical Literature. We will be leaving in just under two weeks now. Uh, and we will be going down to San Antonio. It is going to be a wonderful time. I'm excited. And actually, our show today is very fitting, <clears throat> pardon me, for the ETS, the Evangelical Theological Society. The SBL does not have a theme because it's just too big. There's 13,000 people that attend the SBL, but the ETS is much smaller. It's about 4,000 people. And every year they have a theme. And uh, this year at the ETS, theme is the Trinity. And we will be talking a little bit about the Trinity today. You know, I, I've wrestled a lot with the Trinity in my life. And uh, we'll talk about this later because we're not going to get into it quite yet. But I've wrestled with the, uh, the doctrine of the Trinity. I've... Uh, tried to go multiple different ways to try to get away from the doctrine of the Trinity. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. Anyway, before we talk about that, let me get my show notes here. Before we talk about that, I should say that uh, uh, Torah Resources, or Torah, the Robin Caleb Show, rather, is brought to you by TorahResource.com. Go to TorahResource.com, find all sorts of great free stuff there. We got tons of free stuff, videos, audio lectures, uh, articles, the list goes on and on and on. We just, we're, it's a wealth that of knowledge that keeps growing and growing and growing. And of course, come take, uh, take classes. Rob Vanhoff can be one of your teachers. And don't forget, please give us a call. Call us and tell us how much you hate us, how much you love us, what you want to change, all sorts of stuff. We have a comment line, the Torah Resource Radio comment line. I'm going to give you the number twice. So get your pens and pencils ready and your pieces of paper. 253. 253- 465-3205. Once again, the Torah Resource comment line is 253-465-3205. Don't forget it. All right. And you don't even have to talk to anybody if you call the comment line. You just uh, rant until the beep. Yeah, until just, you hear the beep. Just, just, keep, just keep telling us what's up. Um, I should tell everyone, and I already told this to the chat room before we came online, that uh, we will be uh, testing out a new chat room probably in the next week or two, and hopefully by the time we get back, maybe before, but by the time we get back from the ETS-SBL meetings, we will uh, we will have a new chat room for everybody. I don't know what we're going to do down in the ETS and SBL. Sometimes we try to record a, uh, a show down there, a Robin Caleb show down there that's not live. <clears throat> uh, I don't know if we're going to try to do that this year or not. 
maybe we will, maybe we won't. I'd like to just check if we could uh, maybe find someone to interview. We could chat with Chris Tilling, maybe record just an informal chat, how things are going, what's his, what projects he's on. We're yeah, we're getting together with a, uh, Benjamin Noonan on uh, one of the nights. That'll be great, and maybe Excited. maybe we'll, is, yeah. I'm trying to remember if Ben is presenting at ETS or not. I don't think he is, but I don't. Uh, I, I don't know. We should look though. That's uh, I. I haven't gotten an ETS book yet. I've only got my SBL book. Can um, we plug Doctor Noonan for a second? Of course. Dr. Noonan, Dr. Ben Noonan, and his wife. Dr. Noonan. They both got their PhDs from Hebrew Union College in Cincinnati. They're both believers in Yeshua. Um, They both specialize in Hebrew in a specific uh, focus. Dr. Ben Noonan's focus is his ancient Semitic world, so all the Semitic languages and how loan words... Or words that make it made it into scripture that are from come from other languages, and he's some of his recent research has been on uh, the word, Persian words and even Greek words that are in the Aramaic book of Daniel, the Aramaic section of Daniel, and the Persian and Greek words that are also in uh, like Ezra and Nehemiah, and he makes some arguments to place Daniel back into the Persian period. Um, contrary to a lot of the popular secular scholars who want to put Daniel into like the Maccabean era, you know. And so um, Dr. Noonan, we're, we're excited to be able to sit down with him and chat uh, with him. Now, the last uh, time the last time we did a, a chat with Dr. Noonan uh, that we aired was back in Baltimore, which I believe was three years ago. I think it was 2013. Is And he was currently— and it was r- cold out. It was freezing, and he was writing his. Uh, he was cur- he, at that time. He was writing his dissertation on Daniel and loan words. And man, I, to be, I'll be completely honest with you. I had never even heard of the concept of loan words. Obviously, I knew that you know languages borrow words from other places, but I had never even like considered how that would play into scholarship. And it, it, he like turned a light on for me during that inter- interview. It was just really, really good. Um, and, and then, and then Caleb said, okay, wait a minute. Can you dim it down just a little? Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, okay, uh, you'll bring the dimmer down. So to, to clarify, his dissertation did not cover Daniel, but he did write a paper and I think he delivered a paper. He did. It was last year on Daniel. Yeah. Uh, awesome. No, that was in, he, he delivered a paper in San Diego, which was two years ago, um, uh, on loan words. So, uh, uh it, but question he, for but, the chat room, it is going to be, I think it's, uh, Eisenbronze? I don't know. One of the publishers, it, it's going to be published. It, it was asked. It's super so we'll, heady. We'll it's not it, It's not like easy reading. It's not like you sit down before going to bed. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's super heady, heady stuff. Anyway, um, okay, yeah, so we're excited for that. Um, and then also, um, we, we have been in, I've been in contact with Dr. Chris Tilling. We interviewed Chris Tilling, uh, recently back in, I think it was July. We interviewed him, uh, on, on his book, which was published originally in 2013, but republished in 2015 on, uh, Paul's divine Christology. Excellent book. Also very heady, not for the light of heart when it comes to theological matters. Um, you do need a, a, a decent grasp of the uh, biblical Greek language to be able to really get uh, his his book. Uh, but uh, he is a 
fun person to listen to. And I'm not positive. He just came out. He just edited, I believe. Uh, he was the head editor on a new book that just came out uh, that we found. And so I will probably be trying to purchase that at the ETS SBL meeting. And then uh, maybe we can give a report on that when we come back as well. So, yeah. All right. So should we get into a uh, topic, topic today or what? I, I, I would like to almost. I want to talk a little bit for a minute. Why do we go to ETS? Why do we go to SBL? That's a great question. And this is important. And it reflects, basically, if you, if you want to pin Torah Resource down as having or embracing a, full, a certain philosophy, it would be uh, something, this is unofficial, but the idea of we believe that God is working through his people in many different arenas. Uh, and um, so we're not claiming to be the be-all, end-all of biblical scholarship at Torah Resource. Rather, we, but we believe in, in active engagement with those people who are out there who might not share some of our convictions concerning one Torah, but, they, but we do share a lot in terms of the, the fact that Yeshua is the way, the truth, and the life, right? And the, the scriptures are God-breathed, etc., and that, so we're on solid uh, shared ground. We're at a, a shared table when we go to the ETS. And we are seeking to learn from those who, uh, from those who have specialized in areas that we uh, might have uh, some area of competence in or just some tangential interest. But we know that God works through people and that we can glean and we can learn from these and we and that's true in the ETS where there's a faith commitment at the core and it works in SBL where um, for example I'll be given a paper and there's going to be Jewish scholars and other you with me still Rob Rob hmm um, what, what was the last thing you heard you know I don't know <laughs> I, was, I was rambling anyway that's all right it's okay uh, go ahead and, uh, t if you want to jump back into the chat room, you can. Anyway, um, so, yeah, ETS is, uh, we were talking about ETS and SBL. SBL's, uh, ETS is a, a place where we're with more like-minded people. Uh, SBL is yeah, a place. Yeah, we, we believe in ri r rigorous engagement, right? I, I would like to see someone like Nehemiah Gordon, you know, or, you know, these guys who have these claims come and try to present they they would never would. They're not going to present at that for in that forum. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're not your video is not uh, displaying in the chat room, by the way. Okay, I'll fix that. Neither is your audio. Um. Anyway, uh, Check yeah, so, Here we go. So the SBL is really good for us too because uh, it's it's uh, thousands of scholars uh, from all over the world. But the point is, is that uh, you know there's some things going on in the SBL right now that we're not very happy about. But um, the point is, is that there it's. Uh, I think that it's one of the most valuable things that we do all year, uh, in terms of. Uh, you know w we are challenged strongly challenged on our own views and other things. It's a sharpening. It's also uh, very enlightening. Uh, it's it's like Disneyland for scholars. It's It really is. It's great. And not only that, but Rob Van Hoff and, of course, my father will be pre presenting at the SBL this year. And uh, so it's a time for teachers at the at Tor Resource Institute to, to uh, kind of be vetted 
<laughs> you know, uh, by by uh, other people. Okay, yeah, I've had my fright moments. Oh, it, uh, Rob is always freaking out. Always, it. Uh, I mean. It, it's like I, I see it like right the day before the day before he presents his hair is like disheveled, like he doesn't smoke but there's like an imaginary cigarette like hanging out of his mouth you know he's just <gasps> I don't know what I gotta do I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay what have I signed up for yeah exactly let's get to it let's uh, talk about what we're gonna talk about. Um, we got a message on the Tora Resource Hotline. It's the first message that has actually successfully been recorded and we have it here now uh we will play it for you so you can listen to uh, and no name was left which is fine we don't we have no problem with that you don't have to leave a name if you don't want to anonymous Anonymous, but uh, this young lady said this yes i wanted to leave a message and thank maybe or wonder if you could maybe look into a man named paul sides s-i-d-e-s he goes by the name rav shaul and he teaches that Messiah is 100% human and not deity and uh, some other things. He's got a few books that are out. Okay, so that's about as, as far as we need to go with that. Um, I, she, I agree with him half. half. Yeah, you, uh, Messiah is 100% human. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I agree with that. So uh, we will look at a very little bit of, of Paul's sides, uh, and I looked into Paul uh, this past week. I had never heard of Paul's sides. Or shall we say? Rob, Rob Shaul. Sha- yeah. Uh, I didn't realize that it doesn't Rob, seem Rob, it doesn't it, it doesn't seem to me like he's uh, – uh-oh. Hang on. What do we have going on here? Why is – says the radio stream is broadcasting noise. Hmm. That means I'm not going to be able to hear my own clips. Hang on just a sec. Let's try doing this. Um, Bear with me here. Just one second. Okay, so I think that should work now. I think I should be able to hear. Of course, unfortunately, for some reason, my now this is very, very, very light loopback audio. Let me see if I can hear this. Yeah, notice. Okay, good. So it's not really going to matter anyway. Um, so sorry about that, radio people. I apologize. Uh, yeah, uh, this will all be cleaned up in our uh, in our actual. Uh, It'll all be cleaned up in our actual podcast. So I uh, apologize for all of the uh, technical difficulties. I'm not exactly sure what's been going on this morning. Anyway, okay, so uh, for those who might not have caught it, uh, a woman called, asked about Paul Sides. been looking into Paul Sides. I didn't realize, well, yeah, I don't think he's actually from Babylon, and usually Rob, Sha- Rob in front of a uh, name like Rob Shaul would mean that the person's from Babylon. Anyway, not the point. And there's people who try to say that that's not true because Rob simply means great. Um, however, there's this distinction within the rabbinical world. If you are called Rob, it means that you're from Babylon. But anyway. if, if if it meant great, is he saying, I am great, Shaul? <laughs> I don't know what he... What what do you think he thinks it means? That's what I'm interested in. <laughs> what, 
what does he think it means? Well, you know, on okay, so we'll talk about we'll talk about uh, Mr. Paul's sides here coming up in a in a few minutes. But uh, one of the things that I started looking at, the, one of the things that really caught my attention straight off the bat. Now, last week we talked about Matthew Nolan, and we got a lot of response of people saying that was horrible. Don't make us go through that kind of nonsense ever again. I needed to take a shower after that. Blah blah. blah. Um, so okay, whatever. Um, but Matthew Nolan, uh, he. He used some really interesting terms when he was when he was preaching. For instance, instead of saying Satan, he said Satan, which I'm still, I'll be honest, I'm still confused on that because every once in a while he would he would mix in Satan. So it, it was very it was kind of strange. And I I looked, I tried to look through some of his other teaching to see maybe where he got that or what what he was trying to reference, and I couldn't find it. So I'm still at a loss on that one. He also uh, he also used Yahuwah. For Yahweh, or for the Tetragrammaton, for Yod Hey Vav Hey, um, so Yahuwah is what he used, and then for Yeshua, this was this was another one that really kind of threw me off. Matthew Nolan uses Yahusha, and I I I had a real hard time finding that too. Well, uh, as I started to look into some of the teachings by Paul Sides, I realized that he too was using Yahuwah for the Yod Hey Vav Hey, the Tetragrammaton, and uh, he was using Yahusha for uh the name yeshua now this i you know i was looking at you know where where people would have gotten this why uh people would have uh, uh be using yahusha which is very odd and it's like i went down the rabbit hole into uh you know into wonderland because uh there's a lot of people who are now using yahusha for yeshua Here's one thing that I noticed. Now, this could just be, you know, I brought this up. What? I just, I, I, I don't, it's like little tribes. I think, I think this is, this might be prophetic. <laughs> oh, no. That, well. That God is, is creating these clusters of groups that, that are discernible by their pronunciation of language. It's like Shibboleth, Sibboleth. Um, and it's going to differentiate group from group. Well, here's the here's the thing. You know, there's a lot of people that I know that use uh, that pronounce names differently, and and uh, you know, I don't. I think my father's teaching uh, best supports what I've been taught and what I believe, which is that we don't have uh, we don't really know the the pronunciation of the tetragrammaton yod heh vav heh. Um, I think, however, for the name Yeshua, I think we do have a pretty good understanding of what that name was and how it was pronounced in the first century. Um, and so, basically, I, I did some digging. And, but Go also, ahead. we know no student is above their master. True. We have Yeshua, the disciples, the apostles are are under are in the middle of a Jewish tradition that uses Adonai, which is in Tanakh or Kurios in Greek. Yes, Lord. Because they they recognize it's not that they don't know that it's Yod Hey Vav Hey. It's not like there. It's not like there's a, a conspiracy to cover up God's name, and that's the that's a crazy new idea that there would be a conspiracy, you know, to cover well, it up or something. Okay, They're, but they uh, just use I don't know. It's a it's a it's a term of exp, uh, of honor, and it, it expresses um, reverence and. It's biblical. 
I agree with you completely. And uh, but I'm not trying to put down people who are, you know, are convinced that they have a name. However, the, there's one thing that I have no, noticed in the in the little digging that I've done, and I've found probably about eight or nine. Quote, I'm using quote marks now for anyone listening on podcasts. Uh, any uh, teachers? I've found about eight or nine teachers. They all have some very interesting things in common. Uh, the one thing that I've noticed is that all of them have significant theological problems. It's not just uh, it's not just that they're mispronounce you know that they might be mispronouncing a name or that they've chosen a specific name or something like that. When it comes to the specific pronunciation of Yahusha, uh, it seems like and I'm I'm wondering if do you, you know what a meme is? Everybody know what a meme is? So a meme is like a, a a usually a picture or something that will be put out with a with like a title or you know a phrase or something, and it's meant to be seen time and time, basically time and time again. It's like one point that really hits home, okay? And it kind of gets in, and then you know, people and then people pass it along. Yeah, people pass it along, and you start thinking, you know, you you see it, it becomes, you know, like, you know, uh, it's it's like a headline almost, okay? Well, this crossed my mind. I could be totally out to lunch on this, but I've wondered this past week if Yahusha is a, I don't know a better word, a demonic meme. I wonder if the, uh, if, if the evil spirits and, the, and, and Satan uh, somehow don't, don't want to hear the name Yeshua. And so they are actually, uh, in, you know, for the people that they are able to influence, they're influencing them to use a different name because we see uh, and, and I could be off on this, but it's just a, you know, it's just something that crossed my mind because we see, uh, big, big missteps, uh, with people, you know, Matthew Nolan, uh, who seems to be very anti-Semitic and, uh, against God's people. Uh, then this Paul Sides guy, we'll talk about him as well. And some of the missteps that he's had, you heard in the message already, this, this young lady said that, uh, he, he says that, uh, Yeshua is fully man and nothing more. Um, and, and the list goes on. So anyway, I, I wanted to, uh, instead of looking f- fully at Paul's sides, which we still can do, um, what I wanted to do was I wanted to, I, I started digging deeper into where this name Yahusha comes from. Uh, the initial teaching of the name Yahusha, uh, I think Yeshua being translated as Yahusha, from what I can understand, goes back to Lou White. Now, I can't find anybody before Lou White who teaches this, but that doesn't mean that he didn't get it from somewhere. Uh, you know, Lou White, for those who don't know, Lou White published a book called Fossilized Customs. It was heavily uh, foundationed on a, another book called Two Babylons. Uh, Two Babylons was written back, what, 100 years ago, 110 years ago, maybe even more than that. Um, and... Uh, I think it it was pretty well. It's been refuted pretty well by uh, by good scholars, and um, so Lou White has now taken to Babylon's a book that has has uh, been shown to have significant error in it, and has written his own book, uh, Fossilized Customs, which is now in its tenth edition. Uh, oh, Fossil wow. yeah, Fossilized Customs actually became a very large uh, uh, catalyst for. The Hebrew Roots movement. It was one thing that people really latched onto, and 
I'm not saying that the Lord hasn't used uh, this book to be able to do his own will. I'm sure he has with some people. However, one of the unfortunate things that, that Lou White's book, uh, Fossilized Customs, has done is that it has misguided people in some significant ways. And I'll give you an example, a for instance. For instance, uh, one of the things that Lou White likes to say is that the word, the English word God, which is a, comes from a Germanic uh, root, uh, but the word God uh, is, is pagan and comes from Baal worship. And that the name Jesus, uh, the English word Jesus, he says, come, uh, actually means hail Zeus. This is absolutely not true. We know it's not true. Um, and and uh, But he continues to push this theology. Uh, and he does it not only online. He has the Torah Institute school uh, that he pushes this nonsense in and then also and it, it online. Creates a, it, it creates hostility to the church. When I, yes. I'm using what yes. I mean to any type of evangelical expression or I- any traditional uh, institution of biblical faith. Yes. It, it or, creates hostility towards that. Well, it also cr- creates hostility to any, anyone, any believer who uh, uses the name Jesus or who uses the word God. Uh, now, I use both those words often. My son's favorite song is Jesus Loves Me. However, it's now uh, fighting for first place with Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho. Uh, but we listen to Jesus Loves Me on repeat in the car probably 20 times a day. Um, so I don't have a problem with the name Jesus. Now, we'll talk about this, too, in, in, in a few minutes. Um, but the idea that Jesus originally comes from uh, Hail Zeus is simply not rooted in any truth whatsoever. And, uh, and I'm not sure why <clears throat> or how. Lou White has come to this uh, revelation of, of language <laughs> proficiency, uh, but uh, it, it's certainly not true. So actually what I want to do is I want to look at some of Lou White's claims, see where they come from, because uh, all of the teachings that I've found now on YouTube about Yahusha, which, by the way, you can find now in your show notes, I've put several of them in here. You have a video called Fossilized Customs, Yahusha as Name of Yeshua. And then uh, that's, so that's, uh, I believe, an article that he has. And then another link that I have in your show notes is Lou White describes the name Yahusha. This is where you're going to get this clip from. Uh, I have done some editing here. uh, So I put that link specifically in your show notes so that people can go back. They can listen to the full thing if they want to. I don't know why you would. Uh, This is, yeah, anyway, okay. Uh, And the the interesting thing is, is that uh, what Lou White says in this it's basically the the torch that a lot of other people have grabbed now and are pushing. Um, one of the things that runs through all of these teachings is a strong, strong reliance on um, on Strong's numbers. And so um, anytime you look at this teaching, you're going to continue to get Strong's numbers, which is interesting and tells us a couple of things right away. <clears throat> Excuse me. I got something in my throat and I, I, I should hear Okay, so um, the fact that people are using Strong's numbers is brings a flag up in my mind right away. I know exactly where they're going with this. But let's listen to Lou, Lou White and what he says about this name, Yahusha. If we go back and look at uh, the scriptures and we wonder what the name of the Messiah is, it's based on the name of the Creator, 
because the name of the Creator, even in the footnotes, they'll tell you that it means the Lord is salvation. We know that the Messiah had the very same name as the son of Nun. Now Caleb and, and this man, they called Joshua. Okay, his name is mentioned in Acts 7, 45, and it's mentioned in Hebrews 4, 8. And underlying the, that text, we find in the Greek letters, these word, this word in these letters, and they translate it or transliterate it, they think they're transliterating it, as Joshua. But really, this doesn't this doesn't in any way say Joshua. But the letters for this man's name <laughs> were the same as the Messiah's name. The Messiah's name was used with these same letters. So all the scholars know that the man that succeeded Moshe, the son of Nun, has the same name as the Messiah. And if you have the opportunity to look at the Greek, you'll see that this is the spelling for the, both the Messiah and this man. This is uh, this is what what Lou White has done here is he's taking is that who is who is this is Lou White we're listening to yes correct oh okay. so what Lou White's done here and I and uh, I I know that I'll get your uh, full opinion on this here but uh, what Lou White has done here is he's packed into a minute and six uh, eighteen seconds uh, multiple different problems first of all the name. Yahushua in Hebrew means God saves. Okay. And this is, this is where everyone starts to get off, uh, off base here, uh, in, uh, man, this is just so difficult. Anyway. Um, so Yeshua on the other hand comes from Yesha, which is salvation. And I think that one of the main, uh, verses that needs to be brought up here is in, um, hang on, I have it somewhere here. Well, his he's making a point that, and I think it's in, like, in the King James. Like, if you're reading the King James version of Hebrews, and it's in, is it in Hebrews 3 or 4? It says, for if Jesus would have given them rest, or something like that. Yeah, actually, and, he, he brings up two and, verses here. He brings up two it's verses. Re it's referring to Joshua. Yes, correct. And actually, being noon. and there's another place too. There's Acts seven forty five, which he brings up. Our fathers in turn brought it in with Joshua when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before our fathers. Right. So it was until the days of David. Okay, first of all, and let's I'll I'm, I'll I'll bat this over to you, and then you can talk about this for a second. First of all, one of the reasons that he says this is because in Greek. In the Greek language, they try to transliterate, or they try to, yeah, they try to transliterate the name Joshua, and they also try to transliterate the name Yeshua. The problem is, is that there's not the right sounds in Greek as in, there's not the same sounds in Greek as there is in Hebrew. So what do they do? Instead of, uh, instead of uh, making it word for, you know, letter for letter, they try to substitute. And the way that they do that, they come up with the same name which is Jesus. So Jesus is made, and I mean, you can tell us how this happens, but the, but Jesus is made for both names. That doesn't mean they're the same names. It's just that they have a lot of the same sounds in them. And so you have a transliteration that sounds exactly the same and is spelled exactly the same. That doesn't mean that this the same name though. Go for it, Rob. Am I right well, on that? Well, I, I, yeah, they could be different. I mean, here's, here's one thing we, we do know. I mean, back to, if we want to use the scriptures, which is what White is wanting to do, is 
it, we want to look at first a couple things. One is remember his name was Hosea. And Moses, oh yeah, we'll, we'll get into Moshe, that. We'll get into yeah, that in Moshe a second. Moshe Renate gave him a new name, Yehoshua. Then we're getting into how the name Yehoshua was uh, used. How Joshua, son of Nun, Joshua ben Nun, is referred to, I think, in the book of Nehemiah and and Ezra, I think, as Yeshua. I could only find it in the Nehemiah passage, but yes, okay. Nehemiah eight seventeen. Nehemiah eight, yeah, chapter eight. <clears throat> Yeshua ben Nun. Yes. Yeshua ben Nun. And I think we have another place where maybe it's Yehoshua ben Yehotzadak is called Yeshua ben, ben Yehotzadak, maybe, or something. So we, we have evidence that by... So we're not even looking at the first century yet. We're just talking ancient Israel. By the early second temple period, so when you have Ezra and Nehemiah, so on and so forth, in the Persian, we call this the Persian period, we have uh, a particular one hero from the Torah, Yehoshua, who's being referred to as Yeshua, in texts that are Aramaic. One thing, so, but one thing that we could posit is that, that Yeshua is an Aramaic form of Yehoshua. That's one possible scenario. I'm not saying that is the scenario. That's one way to explain it. Sure. Well, these these guys are now speaking Aramaic and they're just going to say Yeshua. Or they shorten it. Or they sh- yeah, that it's a shortened form of yeah. the Hebrew. So they st- they're not saying it's Aramaic or they're just saying it's a shortened form. But whatever it is, um, it is true that then the Septuagint, when the Septuagint goes back, which is newer than that, the Septuagint's 3rd century BC in the Hellenistic era, they go back and use what looks like the word Jesus, Yeshu, on all of Joshua ben Nun's names in their Greek Torah. No matter so how they're spelled. Words, yeah, no matter if it's Yehoshua underneath or Yeshua underneath, in the Greek Septuagint, they just use um, what becomes but, Jesus. But, there, but there's good reason for that, because you can't. there's no sh sound, and there's no... Right, 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 because it presumably... They knew it was a sh sound. There's just no letter for that in Greek, so it's based on, it's only based on memory. Yeah. Right. You don't um, just like we see the word jalapeno, and you you see the J, and you go, okay, it's not jalapeno. It's a soft A. So, um, so that's the other angle. And by by what we know by the first century, there's a lot of people named Yeshua. Yes. And there, but but we don't, it do- know, we don't know that they were called Yehoshua like on a if if we imagine them having a birth certificate which isn't the case but imagine a birth certificate well his name's Yehoshua on his birth certificate but people call me Yeshua that's not happening well not only so, that but I I just read I just read a uh, 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 my my father and I were looking at this we were looking at a book it said that by the second century the name Yeshua in the first century the name Yeshua was quite common. By the second century, the Jewish communities had stopped using the name Yeshua, and they had done it for multi- probably multiple reasons. Number one, the Christian communities didn't want to name their their children after Yeshua. But second of all, the the the, uh, the Jewish communities did not want their uh, their children's names to be named after you know to be the same as a, as someone that they saw as a heretic. However, guess what didn't drop off by the second century? Yehoshua. That's right, because it's not the same name. Yes, right, but that's that's the key point. By the first century, 
and in first second century we have Yeshua is an independent it's a name independent of Yehoshua. Yes. No matter what we do with with the the reference in Tanakh back in, which is totally acceptable of in Nehemiah referring to Yehoshua ben Nun as Yeshua ben Nun. No one's disputing that. It's talking about the same person. But what we're talking about in the first century and on is Yeshua is a, is a name in and of itself. In other words, young Jewish boys are born and they're given the name Yeshua as their name, and uh, and that's as a important. proper name, yeah, yeah, that's their name, and that that's their name. And we see that by the hay on the end. The other interesting thing is that Yeshua. There's no hay on the. I'm end. So, I'm sorry. Uh, the the ion uh, on the end. Uh, the other interesting thing is is that Yesha means salvation, and Yesh- and Yahushua means God saves. And this, I think, we have to look at what uh, Matthew uh, one twenty one says. He says she will bear a son. And you shall call his name Yeshua, for he will save his people from their sins. It doesn't say, and you will call his name Yahushua, for he for God will save his people from his sins. And I think that this right right here is actually uh, once again pointing to the deity of the Messiah, the deity of the Messiah Yeshua. He will save his people from their sins. Um. Okay. So now let's see how we get from so. What Lou White is doing here and what other people have now championed in terms of picking up the torch from Lou White and continuing it on is that they've conflated that Yeshua and Yahashua are the same name. They're not. Uh, One is from Yesha. One is from Yah, which is the name of God uh, and, and, uh, and salvation. So God saves and salvation. Okay. So two separate words, but not the point. uh, That's one point. That's one main point. But then I still was confused on how he got uh, Yahusha from Yahashua, because that too was very confusing to me. Well, this is how he got it. And this is interesting because, well, yeah. They, they, the King James, they call him Hosea. But this is, this is Husha, and it means deliverance. It means savior, okay, or one who saves. Now, all Moshe did was he changed this this Ephraimite's name, this son of Nun, he they changed his name from Husha, and that was they added this one letter, and that changed it to Yah, Yod Hey, Yahoo, Sha, Yahusha. There it is. You can't argue not, with it. I'm you not can following. say no. The vowels are in there. You have to put vowels in. Well, the Masorets in the 10th century, they were 2,300 years removed from this point. How much do they know? Okay, how much do they know? The Masorets? Yeah, he's calling them. (laughs) Yeah, he's calling them. (laughs) <laughs> what this shows is that Lou White's knowledge is transmitted to him by the books that he's read and tried to pronounce, and he doesn't even understand English. Okay, yeah, let's he, break. He, wait, let, let's break this down real quick for oh for, for for people who might not gracious. be understanding at this point. So uh, there's two places. Num- <laughs> numbers thirteen sixteen is the one that he's actually talking about, uh, and I'll read you the the English. It's uh, and then we can look at the Hebrew. Uh, these are the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. This is uh, numbers thirteen sixteen. Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, 
Joshua. And so he changes his name to Joshua here. And in the Hebrew, we have Lehoshea, uh, Ben Nun, Yehoshua. Okay, so this is Lehoshea, which is Hosea, which is translated Hosea and or Hoshea in your, uh, in your, in your English Bibles. King James Version says Hoshea, the son of Nun. Okay. Um, now, what Lou White has done here, this is very interesting because what, what Lou has done is he's not accepting the vowels. So the Masoretes. So, I for- okay, this is why for Lou White, Hebrew is not a living language. It's not a language that has meaning in its sounding. Yeah. It's, it's pictographs that have to be interpreted and explained. Yes. So it's not a language. For him, it's not a living, vocalized language that has meaning through sound, but the scriptures are a pictographic uh, code that has to be deciphered. That's that's what Lou White, and so it's a completely uh, wrong-headed view, and it shows that he's never had a teacher. Well, it also shows that he doesn't he's realize— a, He's a man who's had enough yes people around him <clears throat> and enough m- money to survive and to fund his own nightmare. But he thinks it's a he thinks it's a dream. Um, here's the thing: is that so when he takes out the the vowels, what the problem is? I haven't even looked at what the chat room is saying. By the way, um, anyway, <clears throat> pardon me. This is this is just this is just shameful. Well, it is. But uh, basically, what he's done is he's taken out the vowels because Maser- he can we keep the clip about the Maser- the, Mas- the Maserets? Uh, yes. What does he say? Hang on, just like let's let's find it again. The Maserets and the. Te- the Maserets. The Maserets. The Maserets. It's, it's like, you've seen the Rockettes. They dance <laughs> in New York. The oh, no. Maserets. They're the Jewish uh, they, rabbis yes. that do the dance. Of course. Okay, so what he's doing is taking out the vowels here. And he's right. The the Maserets, the Maserets uh, didn't come along until what? Uh, and put the vowels in until maybe the 4th or 5th century. It depends uh, how, how you want to try to date that. But, uh, and there's a very good class at Torah Resource Institute that can t- teach you all about this called Introduction to the Mazora. Um, so basically the Masoretes came along, they realized that the Hebrew language was in trouble, so they put the vowels in. And the, the text before, uh, this time didn't have the vowels in it. However, if Lou White wants to take out the vowels, that, which I'm not sure why he would do this, but if he wants to take out any vowels at all, then there's no reason that this vav wouldn't be a V sound instead of an O or an U sound. Because the dot is what determines what sound it is. So technically speaking, it would be because the, the vav, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it, the point is he doesn't, Here's his conundrum. This is where White, one of the places where he's painted himself into a corner with his faulty worldview and faulty assumptions and his arrogant presumptions, actually, um, is that he wants to have his cake and eat it, too, in this respect. He wants he's absolutely dependent. Any knowledge that Lou White has of the scriptures comes through a tradition that he's kicking against. In other words, the only reason Lou White knows whatever he thinks he knows is because someone went ahead of him and actually did the work, learned the language, translated it into English, and then he's benefiting from their work, taking their English, not bothering to actually learn the languages themselves, but he's uh, basically taking the work of others and then trying to go back and pawn himself off as being, as being an authority concerning the original scriptures, and he's not. He's 
he's a conflicted man, and it won't stand. A house divided against itself can't stand, and so he can't stand. Well, the the point the point is that since he thinks that Joshua and Yeshua are the same, he's getting the same Strong's numbers, same Strong's numbers for Yeshua. Now he's taking Hoshea or Hoshea, uh, and he's taking the vowels out to get Husha, and this is how we get Yahusha. But it's Yahusha because he's he's taking Yahushua as opposed to Yeshua. Um, there's another. Now you might think, okay, so what? He's mispronouncing the name. Okay, great, and and that's what a lot of people are doing. Uh, there are major theological errors that are coming with a lot of these people who are saying this. I'm not saying everyone because I don't want to put everybody in a box. Um, but this is one reason. Now I got this. This also is in your show notes. This was unreal to me. But it, uh, basically. Lou White does the same thing, okay? He says, Lou White... Well, isn't it... I thought that's who we're talking about. Yes. Now, there's other teachers, though, that are pushing this oh. exact same message, okay? And uh, so this is one of them. This lady, this is only 32 seconds long, but this this is essentially the people who are using Yahusha, a lot of them are using it, and, and Matthew Nolan, Lou White, uh, this person, which I'm going to show you right now, take a listen to this. They're basically saying the same thing. We have been misled into taking the name of Yahusha, or as a lot of people say, Shua, and rendering his name as useless, desolate, and worthless. By doing this to Yahusha's name, I'm using the correct name, we offend Yahuwah. By offending Yahuwah, we break one of his commandments and endanger our own salvation. Okay, so basically, they're saying if you're using a different name, you're not, you're not, uh, your prayers aren't being heard, and your salvation oh is no. But here's the thing: is that you think that Lou White would never say that? Lou White, in that exact same teaching that I've been playing clips from, he says that uh, he he basically says that uh, there's only one. He he, he goes to Acts four twelve. Okay, and I'll read it for you. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He takes this to mean an actual literal name. The que- this is a misconcept of, of what a name is. In, in, uh, in, no, I hate it when people say, oh, you're using a Greek mindset. We'll talk about that in a few seconds, too, as opposed to a Hebrew mindset. But the idea that a name in a Hebrew mindset is, uh, is, is literally pronouncing someone's name is simply a misnomer. That's not what it means. And the question that I would have is, what about uh, before the Messiah came? You know, and we'll talk about this, too, because we're going to get into a little... I mean, maybe we'll have to save it for next week. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to get into uh, the Trinity, though, and, and the doctrine of the Trinity. It's interesting to me that all of these people have rejected the doctrine of the Trinity. They all label it as uh, Greek mindset and all these kind of things. Now, I've said openly that I have questioned the Trinity, the doctrine of the Trinity. I know that it is a hot-button issue within the Messianic and Hebrew roots uh, communities right now, and... Uh, one of the reasons why is because you got a lot of guys saying that this is a Greek mindset as opposed to a Hebrew mindset. And this is one way that I got sucked into, uh, you know, basically saying, no, the Trinity is is a Greek thing. It was later, all these kind of things. Well, uh, this could be an entire show, and maybe it should be an entire show unto itself. 
Okay, so let's keep uh, going with my notes here. Let's see what we have. One of the things almost all of the people who use Yahusha seem to believe is that any other name, that is Jesus or Yeshua, etc., is calling on a false name and therefore is not calling uh, calling ref- or referencing Yeshua. And so uh, somebody who says Jesus is, you know, in Lou White's mind is saying, hail Zeus, and therefore you're calling on a false god. Um, anyone, according to this young lady that, that I just played, if you use Yeshua, and this is this is rich too. She gets, she takes uh, the, the, the word that's translated, of course, from Strong's, she, she takes the word that's translated vain and uh, she says that it's Shua. It's not. Uh, I think it's Shavay. Anyway, uh, she says that uh, that's the ending of Yeshua's name, and so it's really calling his name vain. Well, it's spelled differently. It's not. Yeah. It, it would be like the difference. So you, can between... do, you can get a, get away with all this kind of nonsense when you don't know Hebrew, as long as you keep it in English, right? All exactly. These things are possible. Yes. These yeah. are possible. All these little rabbit trails and and the the scurrying of these weeds, growth of these weeds and thorns and thistles is because it's, they're doing it in English. They, none of these people know Hebrew, and none of these people could sustain their worldview if they w- were confined to using the Hebrew language to express themselves. They couldn't do it. Yeah, of course. They, it's a non-sustainable uh, worldview, and it's just funny. I, I don't think it's funny. I think it's a little bit sad, honestly, because I think that a lot of these people have good hearts. Well, we, we have some we have some friends in, in England. And what does the word Lou mean in good old UK English? And if I'm talking about a, a, a Lou White, is, am I talking about a ceramic to- toilet? <laughs> Oh, so really, when you when you when you think your name's Lou White, you're really saying that you're a toilet. You're a place for people to dump their crap. A toilet, yeah, a white toilet uh, is, yeah. is basically. You're, you're, and you're so so you're really a place for you're really an outhouse, but you're trying to because it's white, you're trying to shine it up so it looks like something it's not. See, actually the funny thing is is that you're using the same kind of logic but yeah, that's, but but it's but it's it, it's not even it's not even the same because these people are taking words that aren't even spelled the same. It'd I know, be it'd I be know, like I it'd know. be like me uh, mixing up the word right w r i t e and right r i g h t. They're not spelled the same, they don't mean the same thing, but what these people are doing are taking two words that are s- different separate words and trying to make them the same words. <clears throat> okay, so one of the people who does this, of course, and this is the whole reason that we got onto this whole subject, is because of this gentleman named Paul Sides. Now, I don't even need to say anything against uh, Mr. Sides or, or what he's doing or anything like that. I think that he can speak for himself on all this. And I think that people who have listened to the show enough should be able to uh, have the dings in their minds as it goes off. Um, but this is from his um, – this is from his – Website. It's called SabbathCovenant.com. It's in your show notes. I've given you plenty of links to be able to research yourself. This from the page called Introduction to the Mystery Language. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, this is now. Listen to this. This is very interesting. Now, I'm. I, I don't. I don't even think I need to. And it's funny that someone. You know. I thank you very much for the message asking about this person. Um, however. I think that if you've listened to uh, this show or if you've read anything from Torah Resource, I think you should be able to discern 
well enough what some of the problems are with this. So this is from his website on this page. Quote, the scriptures have been encoded in a mystery. Yahuwah, which he is using for yod heh vav has literally hidden himself in his word so that only the chosen few whom he has given his ruach and taught them this language can discern the truth. These men then have the responsibility to teach the rest of the called out ones. Okay, so then he goes on to basically say that he's been given the gift to um, to interpret this language. Now, so, you... so what he's saying is he's <clears throat> taking the doctrine of of election and the, and the gift of the ruach hakodesh, yes, which we affirm, sure, and taking it with this idea of this reminds me of like Chuck Missler Bible code kind of thing. Yes, and he's saying that. It is a code. He wants to have both those. He wants to have both those claims. The Bible is a coded text that has to be deciphered, and in order to, and only certain people are able to do it. And well, he's one of them. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Did he did, did as part of his uh, discipleship <clears throat> training, as it says, they will all be taught of. We will all be taught of the Lord. By the uh, way, he comes he, from Church of Christ. By the way, anyway, did keep he, going. Did he ever study Hebrew? Uh, like, it sure does not seem seem that way. Or is it just supernatural revelation? He now knows how to decipher the mystery language. Yes, it seems that way. Um, so uh, here's the other thing, is that he says that the Christians have literally changed the text of the Bible. Now, this is all a systematic way, whether or not he knows it or not, but this is a systematic way, and I think it's a systematic way of the, of the devil and of the powers of, of, of evil— to uh, discredit and challenge the Bible. Basically, if you can break down the word and say that it's not, it's not inspired and it's not, uh, you know, you can't trust it. And then, conveniently, God has given this gentleman uh, the tools to be able to interpret it correctly. So now, what that does is it allows him to be able to interpret the Bible. And actually, if you go down, for those of you who are interested, you could, in your show notes, you can see this uh, this this page. And if you scroll down. He has uh, all these various verses, 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 15. Luckily for us, he puts in black letters what is the actual text in the Bible, and then in blue letters, he adds the secret language meaning of what all this actually means. Um, and he does that in, in, in other places as well, for, uh, 2 Peter three sixteen, all these kind of things. And uh, he's using the New Living Translation uh, to to show his uh, his points here, uh, and then also he's using Strong's numbers as well. Now, so that's that's uh, flag red flag number one for any teacher who's going to take down try to take down sola scriptura or try to change the Bible. That's when you would throw out this teacher uh, from from having any truth at all. However, I'd like to see this guy in James Kahn's book on myth. Someone said something about we need a book of mysteries to explain them all. We need to see those guys talk. I'd I'd buy popcorn and sit down for that discussion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, James Kahn and well, we could get J- James Kahn, Lou White, and this guy. Are you th- talking Jonathan Kahn? Jonathan, oh, thank you. Pardon me. Jonathan Kahn, Lou White, and then this guy's this guy from this website. I'd like to see these three guys sit down, open the Torah, and start reading and discussing it. I wouldn't. You really want to? You want to see that? You want to torture yourself with that? Okay, so hang on. Let's 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 go to another another uh, post by uh, this man, Paul Sides, who calls himself Rob Shaul. First of all, he calls himself a Nazarene. Uh, there's so many problems with this, but 
um, he says, uh, he says, Yahuwah warns us very specifically that his word would be altered by scribes and made into a pagan lie. That lie would be mystery religion of Babylon. So now, once again, we're kind of hailing back to Lou White's book. With incarnation as the false spirit that guided the pen of the translators, the scribes. Okay, so now, once again, just like Lou White, he's trying to put doubt on the Masoretes and, and uh, them changing the, 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 the text. Uh, he has, this as a post, he says, incarnation is, a, incarnation is a belief system that was passed down to us from generation to generation originating in Babylon. Tammuz, the first Christ and basic foundation of all future demigods as the religion of Babylon was spread at the Tower of Babel, was the Lord in the flesh. The Lord being a title for the sun god Baal, Baal was said to have come over Semiramis. So basically he's he's taking uh, notes directly from Lou White's uh, book, uh, and which is wrong, first of all. Second of all, he denies that, uh, that Yeshua is at all deity. So... Lou White denies the Trinity. This guy denies even the uh, the deity of the Lord Yeshua. Okay, and uh, they all have this this wrong name, Yahusha. Once again, I'm wondering if this is a the chat room is just going these, nuts these right are now. These inventions in English. These are yeah. English inventions. Gary's uh, having having a heyday with accordance on Revela- on the passage from Revelation. Yeah, um, awesome. and so. <laughs> um, Anyway, oh wait, do we have a Yahoo.com? No, the, these are what would it be? Someone oh, asked, I see. Adam I see. asked, "Is Yahoo God's website?" And I said, "No, because it's not Yahoo.com." I see. Because it's okay. not the name. Um, so I do want to. I do want to turn now. Uh, and you know what? We've only been going for an hour. This might be a longer show. That's fine. I want to look at uh, a little bit of the Trinity. One of the things that I went uh, now, maybe you can tell me the name for this because uh, Brooks, my bu- my buddy Brooks, uh, he knows the theological name. I can never remember it. What do you call a person who believes that Yeshua is divine and is Yod Hey Vav Hey, uh, and uh, but do- doesn't believe that the Spirit is separate? Like a modal modalism? It's not modalism. It's like deuterism, uh, do- do- uh, something like that. It means two instead of instead oh, of. By by vegetarianism, yeah. um, so basically that's that's the one of the traps that I pretty much fell into uh, when I got uh, snagged by a lot of these people who uh, who were saying that uh, the Trinity was a was a uh, a Greek mindset that it came about in the fourth fifth century of the Common Era uh, that it's not taught in the Bible all these kind of things. Okay, um, now before we even start talking about this. Uh, one of the things that I should say is, sure, the the word Trinity is not in the Bible. There's no doubt about that. Um, I don't think that there's any discussion that needs to be had over that. And uh, I I think that uh, I was, re- man, I was reading, let's see if I still have it up, because this is just really spot on. Um, this from Augustine, who uh, was, who he wrote De Trinitate. Uh, this is after, and by the way, uh, we'll read uh, something from Skip Moen uh, in a few seconds. He says that the Trinity Doctrine didn't come around until 481, uh, which is simply not true. Uh, 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 Tertullian was was long before that. He was the first person to use the word Trinity. And as I hope that I'll show here in a few minutes, the doctrine of the Trinity uh, is something that I think came long before that. Okay, this from Augustine in his first volume, first paragraph of his book, De Trinitate, um, and this can be found uh, translated. It, It was originally in Latin. Anyway, 
He says, the following uh, dissertation concerning the Trinity, as the reader ought to be informed, has been written in order to guard against the sophistries of those who disdain to begin with faith and are deceived by a crude and perverse love of reason. Now, what... Oh, man, I love the way that... Anyway, now, one class of such men endeavor to transfer to to things incorporeal and spiritual the ideas they have formed, whether through experience of the bodily senses or by natural human wit and diligent quickness, or by the aid of art from things corporal, so as to seek a, to measure and conceive of the former by the latter. Others, again, frame whatever sentiments they, ha- they may have concerning God according to the nature or affections of the human mind. And through this error, they govern their discourse in disputing concerning, in uh, disputing concerning God by distort, uh, by distorted and fallacious rules. While yet a third class strive indeed to transcend the whole creation, which doubtless in cha- is changeable in order to raise their thought to the unchangeable substance, which God is. But being weighed down by the burden of mortality, whilst they both would seem to know what they do not and cannot know what they would preclude themselves from entering the very path of understanding by an overbold affirmation of their own presumptuous judgments, choosing rather not to correct their own opinion when it is perverse than to change that which they have once defended. So in other words, and he goes on to talk about how the nature of God, things that are divine, there are some things that are out of the realm of us to understand. And this is exactly true. The idea, the, there is a problem with the Trinity. The Trinity is us trying to wrap our heads around the triune and uh, a God that is way beyond human understanding. That's right. the problem with the Trinity. There's no doubt about it. However, I would like to, and please jump in here anytime, Rob. Because I think that this is a this is a we're gonna we're gonna be focusing on this at the ETS, and I think it's good to kind of brush up on why the doctrine of the Trinity was brought forward in the first place. First of all, we have, and this is all I'm not going to reference anything else except for what comes. I have one quote from a book, but besides that, this is all comes from our Bibles. So this from First Corinthians eight six. Yet for us, there is one God, the Father, from whom, whom are all things. And for whom we exist, and one Lord, Yeshua the Messiah, through whom are all things, and through whom we exist. So, first of all, this has been, I think, widely accepted by scholars to be a reference to the Shema of Deuteronomy 6.4. Yeshua is called Kurios Kurios here, Lord, uh, which is used in the text of the Shema uh, to reference God. And it says that we exist through him. So Yeshua and God both do creating. God the Father and Yeshua both do the creating here. So from the outset of this, we can say that Yeshua is creator. Um, Philippians 2.9, and of course this is is one everyone goes to. uh, For this reason also God highly exalted him, that is Yeshua, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Well, what name is that? You know, when I've been discussing with, uh, I, I uh, tried to get Rico Cortez to say that Yeshua is yod heh which he won't do. And he says he won't do it because the Bible doesn't uh, label him like that. He, it doesn't use those words for Yeshua. I think it does right here. What name is above every other name? 
yod heh vav so that the name of Yeshua, every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Yeshua Messiah is Lord, kurios, to the glory of God the Father. Now, that's a clear reference to Isaiah 45, 23. Do you want to jump in here, Rob? No, keep going. You're doing okay. great. Okay. So Isaiah 45, 23. Now, this is in your show notes, and I put this in because I think that this is just so, it's so powerful when we're talking about the deity of the Messiah, Yeshua. <clears throat> it says, gather yourselves and come, draw near together, you fugitives of the nations. They have no knowledge who carry about their wooden idol and pray to a God who cannot save. Declare and set forth your case. Indeed, let them consult together. Who has announced this from of old? Who has long since declared it? Is it not I, the Lord? That's yod heh And there is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none except me. So there's no Savior except for God? Turn to me and be saved, all of the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness and will not turn back, that to me every knee will bow and every tongue will swear allegiance. <clears throat> what's interesting, what, yeah, amen. What's interesting is that the passage that Lou White brought up, which is uh, Acts uh, 4.12, it says that there's no, it says, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Talking about Yeshua. So either the apostolic scriptures obviously contradict the Tanakh, or Yeshua is Yod Vavhe. And of course, let's not forget uh, Hebrews 1, 2 through 4. In these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. So now Yeshua once again has uh, created the world, and he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he made uh, purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the of the majesty on high, having become as much better than the angels, as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. What name is that? yod Okay, so now I think that these, uh, you know, and we'll look at uh, something that Skip Moen wrote here in a second, and Rob, I think that you'll have a lot to say, but now I want to move quickly to the spirit, okay? And this is where a lot of people, including myself, I got hung up on this. This is where a lot of people get hung up as well. <clears throat> so we've seen that Yeshua and God seem to do creating. We see that Yeshua and yod heh seem to be worshipped. And we see that Yeshua and God both have the name yod heh Okay, what about the Spirit? And John, uh, John uh, talks a lot about this. So uh, John uses personal, Yeshua uses personal pronouns for the Spirit within the book of John. John 14, 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. John 15, 26, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you. So now we have God, the Father sending the Spirit, and we have Yeshua, the Messiah, sending the Spirit. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify about me. 
than John 16, 7. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And then, of course, we have 2 Corinthians 3.17 and Galatians 4.6 saying that Yeshua and the Spirit are this one and the same. Uh, the 2 Corinthians passage says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Galatians 4.6 says, Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So the point here is that, yes, the word Trinity might not be uh, given in the, the Bible. I agree to that. There's no doubt about it. However, it seems to me that Yeshua and Paul clearly, clearly teach that Yeshua and the Father are one, that the Spirit is one with the Son and the Father. They're all one, yet they are all clearly distinct. And this from Paul and the Trinity by Wesley Hill, which, uh, which Rob and I have uh, spoken about many times. He says, the spirit is the spirit of God, Romans 8, 9 and 8, 14, 15, 19, 1 Corinthians 2, 11, 6, 11, 7, 40, 12, 3, Philippians 3, 3, Romans 8, 11. The spirit of him who raised Yeshua from the dead and 2 Corinthians 3, 3, the spirit of the living God. And since Paul sees Christ as having conveyed the life and activity of God, now the spirit is defined by Christ as well. Hence, Paul uses the designation, the Spirit of Christ in Romans 8, 9, the Spirit of his Son in Galatians 4, 6, and the Spirit of Jesus Christ in Philippians 1, 19 to indicate this dual relationality. The Spirit's identity is, in a sense, governed or del- uh, del- delimited by his relation to God and Jesus. He receives his identity from being sent by God and assuming the character of Jesus. Paul's Christology everywhere provides the context for his pneumatology. That's on page 153. So the idea that this is a Greek mindset, I'm, I don't understand how people are getting that. Do you want to comment here before we jump into a, a post by Mr. Moen? Um, no, this is all good stuff. Yeah, it, it comes down, like, is the Gospel of John... Because there's the other aspect. If the Gospel of John is Scripture, if it's God-breathed, then we also, he, he says, the glory uh, I had with you from the beginning, and before Abraham was, I, I am. You know, those kinds of sticklers uh, that challenge that he is only a man. He is only a man. is challenged if you believe the Gospel of John. You can't have both. You can't have the Gospel of John <laughs> yeah. and the belief that Yeshua is only a man. You exactly. You can't have both those. You yeah. can't have both those. Yeah, and John, well, yeah. 8, John 8, 58 is another, you know, uh, before Abraham was, I am, proclaiming himself, I am. Okay, so, uh, you know, Skip Moen, nice guy, really nice guy. Uh, you know, he's got, out of all of the people that we've ever talked about on this show, uh, he has the most dedicated followers out of anybody out of any teacher i call them moanites because uh they are they are ready to i mean they yeah they're loud they're proud and they uh they back skip they got his back there's no doubt about it uh so uh skip runs a and you know once again all of these guys lou white um i don't know about uh i don't know about matthew nolan's view of the trinity uh, but uh, then also, um, 
uh, Paul Sides and Skip Moen also rejects the Trinity. Uh, Paul uh, uh, Moen has his uh, has his degree in philosophy. He has a doctorate of philosophy. Um, and so this is uh, also in your show notes. He says the Trinity so far. And keep in mind by this point, he's made several posts on the Trinity. And I don't get this. It, on his site, he has a save the date. Uh, he's having something down in Florida for a debate on the Trinity. And he's having Anthony Buzzard come in, who just got obliterated, by the way, by James White and Dr. Brown. It, it was embarrassing for Buzzard. Uh, why, doesn't he, why doesn't he bring Dr. Brown or <clears throat> James White down? If yeah. I were James White or, or Dr. Brown, why would I go to that? I already obliterated him in a three-hour uh, uh, debate. There's no reason to do it. But the point is, is that he doesn't – Moen is – he calls it a debate, but there's nobody on the other side. It's just Anthony Buzzard going. How is that a debate? Don't you usually have somebody debating the person? You know what I mean? Like, anyway. Okay, so this from uh, Skip Moen, 2014. It's called The Trinity So Far. He says, uh, you know, he, he sets up, he's talking about some of the things that they've talked about thus far in their conversation and, and some of the problems that he sees with, with the Trinity. Number one, he says, in my view, the greatest confusion about examining this doctrine is our difficulty in seeing the difference between divine and God. Most of the time, we seem to think that if Yeshua isn't God, as defined by yod heh of the Tanakh, then he isn't divine and can't be the Messiah. But this is a semantic problem. The term for divine includes much more than just the single entity being God. In the Tanakh, and even in Yeshua's uh, citation of the Tanakh, the term is applied to men, kings, angelic beings. He's talking about Elo uh, Elohim here. No one seems to have a problem with this, so when we say the idea of the Trinity seems mistaken, we do not imply that Yeshua isn't divine, we are merely stating that Yeshua is not identical to yod heh Perhaps our understanding of divine is distorted by the doctrine. Well, this comes, uh, this uh, seems to be the same kind of uh, thing that, uh, that um, Joe Good and Anthony Buzzard were trying to push in their debate against uh, James, uh, James White and, and Dr. Michael Brown. That Yeshua House somehow is an elevated being, but isn't uh, on par with yod So is he created? Was there a time—this is the question I, I would ask that person. Is there a time when he was not? What, talking about Yeshua. The person who says—the one guy who said he's 100% man, Rav Shaul, uh, would this guy, uh, whatever, Paul sides, would say, yes, there was a time when Yeshua was not. Uh, what what—and it's before he was born, like— of the Virgin Mary, probably. Um, if you ask Skip Moen, it's, now I don't know this from any interaction with him directly, but what I'm hearing you say, it sounds like he would say, yes, there was a time when Yeshua was not, but it goes way back. He was just one of the first maybe created beings. That's what, um, An yeah, that's, and that's what Anthony that, that's, Buzzard that's, says. I think that's the Jehovah Witness position Yes, as well, is that Yeshua is, a, is the first created being who then incarnated later. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so I there's there's major problems with this because it, uh, then basically what what's uh, you would have to deal with is the idea that there's two two deities, and not only that, but Yeshua was worshipped, and Yod Hey Vav Hey clearly in in Isaiah and other places says that no one is supposed to be worshipped except for Yod Hey Vav Hey. Okay, number two on, on his list, he says, the Trinitarian doctrine is quite explicit about the relationship between persons and being in the Godhead. This is true. 
It states that all three persons are equally God. It attempts to explain the humanity of Yeshua and this apparent contradiction with the equality of the persons in the Godhead by claiming that Yeshua is fully God and fully man at one and, at one and the same time, which I agree with. But this seems not only incomprehensible, but also completely paradigm dependent completely paradigm depend, uh, dependent on the Greek idea of, of person. We must admit that even if we draw, draw an inference about this from Scripture, there is no explicit statement of this doctrine in Scripture itself. That should tell us something. Now, once again, I think this is a misnomer. Just because there's not a word for it, clearly from, from the very beginning, from the first chapter of, of uh, Genesis, all the way through the Tanakh, we have, uh, we have uh, uh, Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh showing up to Abraham. We have Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh showing up to Joshua. We have, you know, we have uh, all these different things. We have the spirit uh, hovering over the, the waters. I mean, we have the, uh, I mean, it's constant. Um, so I, I, I think that, that I think that's not really a fair statement. It's a, it's a it, because what the way he, he's looking for he wants a word that he can hang it on, right? And he wants that word that he hangs it on to be found in the Bible. Yes. But what what the Bible just isn't just one word. The Bible is a narrative and law and communicates to us the relationship of the Godhead. We learn of the relationship of Yeshua to the Father. We learn of yes. what you shared with the Gospel of John. Yeshua talking about the relationship of he has to go, which is going to be scary for the disciples for a while. But he's, he's saying, look, I'm not going to leave you alone. My Father's going to send a comforter who will be with you and testify of me. It's about living relationship, people walking while they're in this world, but they're not of this world. They're they're They're... Uh, understanding comes because of their relationship with God in God as Father, God as Son, God as Ruach HaKodesh. And this is the end of Matthew that I think someone posted in the forum a little bit ago. In the name of, it says one name, in the name of, not names of, but in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And and so the end of the Gospel of Matthew projects for dis- subsequent discipleship in Yeshua this mysterious way of thinking about our relationship with with God. And it's okay. We can be okay that we don't have to have one single word in Scripture that we have to hang it on, like it seems like Moen wants or something. It, and, and we have to we be have okay. We have the Scriptures. We have the Scriptures to, to help us understand the nature of relationship, the nature of love and mute, uh, and unity in, and plurality in and, the, the Bible. And we have to be okay with the fact that we can't wrap our heads around God. That's yeah, all there the is to it. It's in, the fact if something's incomprehensible doesn't mean that therefore, if we can't, uh, what, what do you say it? Like climb the mountain and put our flag on the top of the mountain and say, I conquered this. You know, that's not a, if something is inaccessible to us, it doesn't mean it's not true. It, it, and, and we're not talking about, it's not like what we're saying here is, oh, I had, I found these copper, this copper scroll and there was a set of glasses and I read it, and here's the translation of it. Now I can't show you the I can't show you those now, but I'll but yeah, trust me, this is true translation. And and it's just a you're just gonna have to accept the mystery of it. And that's not what we're talking about here. And we're not talking about this mysterious code that has to be deciphered from the scriptures, and you have to find someone who God gifted the ability to interpret the 
pictographs. We're not talking about that kind of nonsense. We're talking about what has been revealed, and that's what we have in the Gospels. We have just, we have four canonical Gospels that describe, teach, teach us who Yeshua is, who God is in the flesh, and his relationship with his Father, training us to learn how to walk and be in the Spirit in this world and not of it. One of the things, you know, Philip says uh, in the chat room, he says, how about this then? Does the spirit proceed from the father, Eastern view, or from the father and son, Western view? I don't see this idea that we know what the Western or Eastern view is. uh, No, because because Yeshua says that he will send his spirit, but he also says that the father sends the spirit. So that is an Eastern view. He lived in Israel. He was born in Israel. That's Eastern you know, and this is, I'm not putting Philip down. I'm just saying that this is one of the reasons, this is one of the reasons that, uh, you know, I get frustrated when people say Hebrew mindset, Greek mindset. Granted, there is some of that. We need to be able to see the, the Bible through its original context by the people who were, were uh, receiving it and writing it. I get that. I'm all for that. But it becomes uh, 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 something to cover all sins. Oh, you believe this? You disagree with me on this? That's because you have a, a Hebrew mindset. Nonsense. You know? Uh, oh, you're thinking like a Greek. That's why you have that. No, you're not thinking like a Hebrew. You're thinking like a Scythian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you had to bring up Nolan. Okay. Uh, so I want to keep going with this. There's like a couple more that I just want to touch on because I... I this... You're thinking like a son of Gomer. <laughs> The fact, uh, this is number three on his list, on Skip Moen's list. The fact that scripture is quite clear about essentials such as repentance, Torah observance, grace, holiness, the goodness of God, judgment, wrath to come, God as creator, and many other things makes me wonder why. If the Trinity is an essential doctrine of the faith, it isn't just as clear as these other things. And since Jews have had the Tanakh for 2,000 years longer than Christians have had the apostolic writings, I am even more puzzled why they didn't see this essential doctrine long before 487. That's so ridiculous. Well, it's ridiculous because they did... did Okay, why were there all these religious Jews in the first century that that had the Torah and they rejected Yeshua? And why, well, why, why, not just, why not just leave it at that? Why does he have to try to make something? Let's just leave it at that. Why? Because of election? Well, it's not just, yeah, I agree. I, I'm totally with you. But, but this, is, this is a straw man uh, for sure. And the reason why is because you have writings from, uh, from before the time of Yeshua where people are saying that, that God will come, uh, you know, as a divine being. That he will, you know, even Isaiah, Emmanuel. You have uh, this is, and not only that, but four eighty seven. What does he talk? I mean, uh, you know, the, the the doctrine of the Trinity started to be formed in the third century, so I'm not sure what he's talking about here with the four. Anyway, um, okay, uh, this this is a complete straw man, and I, I mean, and if this this shows me that if this is the conversation that's going on at his little get together with with Anthony Buzzard, it's just going to be a bunch of guys patting each other on the back. This isn't a debate. Number four, none of this, he says, in any way questions the character, mission, or glorification of the Messiah. That is simply not true. He has been given all authority. He, did, he So why is he be given all authority if he's not 
Yod Hey Vav Hey. He did come to redeem the redeem the universe. He did he did die on the cross. He is the atonement needed to restore relationship with the Father. He will come again. He is the Son of the Most High. The only thing that is that this study question is this: Is Yeshua the Messiah exactly equal in essential being with Yod Hey Vav Hey? To me, that is the crux of the argument. If he's not, you have a significant problem. It's called monotheism. <clears throat> so, I, I just don't, you know, uh, it's frustrating because I don't see how uh, somebody can say, well, this isn't, you know, that big of an issue. We're not, I'm not coming down on his character. Yes, certainly this is exactly about his character. That's exactly what this is all about. This is questioning. Oh, it's like it reminds me of Jehovah's Witness. I guess that's the close. I, I know I said that earlier. It reminds me of that, that that Jesus is a created being. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that did not. There was a time where he didn't exist. And then he was created and then he existed. I think there, I think that. I'll have to look into uh, Mr. Mullen's view of, of whether or not Yeshua was created or not. Because I, I think you're right. I think that's a that's a crux issue here. Could he be? Did you say crux with a T? It's crux. Thank you. Anyway, I was homeschooled. <laughs> I just think this is craziness, and it's just here we see it. What? What? How important is truth? Okay, all what's what's in common to all these different people? They believe that they have some sort of truth that they're representing, right? They're, they believe that they're representing a, a truth and that they want other people to jump on board. They want to convince other people of the truth. But I wonder how, many of, how much of this is just really sensationalist, uh, you know, lot, men who have zeal for God but not according to knowledge— and how much is really Satan at work? <laughs> well, and, and, and actually, that's, that's my point, though. You know, within the Messianic and Hebrew Roots movement, we've seen a lot of evolution in, in theology. One of the problems that I'm seeing right now is that uh, a lot of the uh, core doctrines that need to be core doctrines are being given up on. And they're doing that because they're blaming it on the church. Oh, the church came up with this doctrine. Well, no, that's not true. The church, the church uh, formulated a name for a doctrine that is clearly taught within the scriptures. And the problem is, is that I think that uh, there's so much muddledness now within the Messianic Hebrew Roots movement that it, you know, I wrote that blog post, uh, you know, why I'm leaving the Messianic movement like a year and a half ago. But now it comes right back around. I really, really think that I have to get rid of the word Messianic or Hebrew Roots because this is what, you know, Honestly, this rejection of Trinitarian doctrine is something that seems to be a, like, standard. You know, what, what is the Messianic, as, as a whole, what does it seem like the Messianic movement is starting to glob onto? Rejection of the doctrines of grace and rejection of, the Trinitar- of Trinitarian doctrine. And, in some cases, uh, rejection of the deity of the Messiah altogether. I just don't understand it. I don't get, I don't get how this can be... This is not uh, – don't get me wrong. I think that it's great that we can question things. One of the problems that, that, that people have in the church is that when you say something like, well, 
Uh, why do we believe in the Trinity? Or is the Trinity really true? Or, you know, a slew of other things that, that you could ask. Good questions. Why does Yeshua have to be God? Do, is the virgin birth really a, a central doctrine? These are all things that in the Christian church, a lot of times people say, hey, it's almost like a, hey, why are you asking this? Are you a heretic? This is what we believe. So it's good that we can question these things. It's a whole different thing to question these things, look at the word of God, and then reject them. You know what I mean? All right. I got to ISO that one clip. What did he call the the, the Meserets? Uh, the Mesa Rates. The no. Ma- Mesa Rets. Like the Rockettes. The Mesa Rets. The Mesa Rets. The Mesa Rets. All right. Anything else before we go there, Rob? No, I no. just like, I like that word, the Mesa Rets. I might. Since I'm doing, uh, since I'm presenting at SBL for the Masora section, I might have to just drop that one. The Maserets. <laughs> Please don't. I think you'd get laughed out of that room. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm glad we went long uh, today. I knew we were going to talk for a while, but uh, yeah, I'm glad that it was a nice long show for everybody. Sorry about all the technical difficulties we had in, towards the beginning. Um, okay. Well, we good then. Everything you wanted to say, said. All right, be praying for Rob. He needs it. He's uh, writing his paper for the ETF, or for the SBL meeting, as he stated. It's on uh, the Mazorah of the Hebrew Bible, and I think it's going to be a good one. So uh, start praying for us as we travel. Uh, we'll be away from our families for a very long time. Uh, we will be having a blast, but uh, you know we, we do have we do have a show next week. We have a show next week, and we will be live back show. a live show next week. We'll be back uh, with you guys, and uh, not sure what we're going to talk about. Please call our hotline uh, if you please. We'd love to hear from you. It is two five three four six five thirty two zero five, and uh, yeah. So we hope that we'll be able to find a good a good topic that will not only be fun but will glorify our great God and Savior. Yeshua, the Messiah. <laughs>